The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's Gustia Diaries! Welcome back to the Garcia Diaries Unfiltered. I'm your host, Bethany, and I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host, Anthony. Hola. And today we have a very special guest on the pod. I'm so excited about this one. This is Lindsay Mead, uh, CEO and founder of Parker Management. So happy hi, to be here. <laughs> Hello. So I- I'm actually excited today because, you know, nowadays everything is social media based. So you see everything, you get information instantly. But we get to talk to you today, kind of more the behind the scenes, yeah. what goes on, the things we don't see on TikTok, Instagram, things of that nature. So we'll start with Parker Management because yeah. this is kind of, you know, Bethany signed to you guys. So what is Parker? How did Parker Management come about? What do you what do you guys do for those of us who are just, you know, regular people who like to scroll social media and, and be influenced sometimes? Yeah, I love it. Well, first off, we're so lucky to work with Bethany. And honestly, in a nutshell, Parker is a talent management company. So we're not an agency, we're true management. Um, so we're basically like your main person to walk alongside you in the world, in the talent world. So technically, you guys will probably hear me say like influencer, we now kind of have moved to calling them creators or talent, which is pretty traditional. Um, but I feel like most people still probably reference I'm sure you even reference yourself as an influencer. So, um, but yeah, so we're, we're actually, I would like to say probably one of the largest boutique management companies out there at this point. Um, we represent a range of creators, a really diverse roster of creators across the U S and, um, something that Parker's always tried to do is be big and powerful, but maintain, a smaller roster and you know comparison to other management companies to not lose sight of that feeling of like we we don't want to get too big to where we lose kind of the essence of what makes us i think so special um and yeah were you asking how we got started or was that like all in a nutshell uh, yeah i, I mean, asked like six questions at once <laughs> so yeah how, how did you get started um because you know, I, I like, I'm kind of young. So I kind of social <laughs> media is, I, when I was younger, it was like MySpace. So we kind of were the start of social media taking over someone like yourself. Did you see the vision of where social media influencing would be? Uh, Cause you're the founder and CEO, correct? Yep. I am. So take us yep. back to those early stages where you like, Hey, we're going to take these vine uh, people and, and take over the world or where did that oh come from? Take us there. No. So, okay. I love it. First off, my space, man, that was the best. Those were the days. Um, and who's, who would be in your top five today? <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I've got it. No, I mean, Bethany is number one, but, um, okay. okay. So kind of where it all birthed was I was a booking agent at a well-known modeling agency 
there's an office in LA, an office in Portland. And I landed that job just kind of honestly by accident. I actually was in working in nutrition and managing like a big spot. It's really random where, why I ended up there. Um, however, it's not random that I have a whole family that's been in the entertainment world. My uncle's a very well-known um, manager for some well-known actors. My mom was in the entertainment industry. Like I, I come from that world. I just never thought I'd actually be working in it. Um, and so what happened was I was at the modeling agency and I loved my job. I feel like I finally found my footing. I was like, I am, I, you know, when you feel just, Hey, I'm really good at this. And I felt like it was for the first time. I just felt like I, it was so natural for me. And I love the transactional piece of booking models. It was like, I'd get a request from Nike. I need this, this, and this, I'd send them a package of models and then they'd book them. And like, it was so fast. And I loved the relationship piece with both the brand and the models. And I loved the transactions. Like that was my favorite. So all of a sudden the companies I was booking models for started to say, we, you know, does that model happen to have <laughs> at the time it was like, do they have 10,000 followers? And that was like a huge deal. Yeah. And so I was at the time, I also had a blog just on the side. I just had a baby. I was like, doing recipe. It was super random, just a little bit of a creative outlet. So I understood social media. Um, but when the brand started saying, Hey, I want this, I just started seeing this trend of like, okay. And that was literally at the beginning of one hashtag ad was actually starting to become a thing. I actually feel like people were still probably avoiding it at the time. I feel like back right, in the right. day, nobody wanted to put ad up there. Yeah. Um, so I started to see the trend and I was like, I'm so intrigued by this. And I also just had a baby. And at the time I was really tired of being in an office. I loved my job, but I, I was tired of having to go like commute, get there by eight 30. I just hated that mundane routine. When I felt like I worked, I was, I loved my job so much. I worked all day, every day. I just, I felt like I didn't need to be in an office five days yeah. a week. I wanted to be home with my son. So it was like all these things collided at once. And I'm like, I remember actually Googling, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I Googled like um, booking agent for blogger or something yeah. like that. And, um, and then I just started doing more research. And then I found a talent management company in LA I loved The Bachelor at the time, the show, and I realized some of them had people, those were the ones at the time doing, starting to do a lot of the ads yeah. you know, okay. back when it first started. So um, I just started putting all these puzzle pieces together. I found a company in LA and I was like, I just am going to reach out. Long story short, got a job there. I was like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I just left a job I like, but I'm like really intrigued. And um, they were great, but I just saw an opportunity right away. And I was like, I, I have a lot of good connections and I feel like I can do this myself. Nice. Um, and in the way I wanted to, and that is literally like right when it started, I just got a website up, reached out to a couple models that I knew that had a following. And that's how I, I honestly thought I look back and I think that I, thought I knew I was good at managing talent, whether it was a model or whoever. I just knew I was good at that. But I had 
no, I thought I'd maybe manage like five people and have some low key company that just kind of, you know, had a website, but I didn't really see a big vision at that point. That is so crazy to see what Parker is now compared to that story, because it really has had so much growth and you have someone, the biggest talent in the United States signed. So yeah. that is wild. That's so cool. So let's get into talent. So I want to yeah. ask it's a two part question. How would you describe, because I know you said influencer. I know a lot of people don't like to use that word. I didn't for like Bethany, years. Right. Because I was always like, I'm a vlogger. Like, I'm not an influencer. But it's almost yeah. like, if you, oh, no, if you if you call uh, someone the wrong thing, it's like, oh, no, I'm a vlogger or I'm a, it's kind of like yeah. people don't want to be called the wrong term. So how yeah. would you describe influencing? And then yeah. also, oh, answer that question first, and I'll get to my second part of that question. To be honest, an influencer is anybody with a platform that when I, I personally like to say that they should be, it's like a career choice, honestly. I mean, to me, anybody could potentially, you could call anybody an influencer that has a couple of followers. But when I think of influencer, I think of someone that's actually using this and leveraging their platforms and monetizing it. Or they could be using it just to launch a business, whatever. They're using it for some greater purpose, not just to call themselves an influencer because they have their friends following them. So I think the words, though, are so interchangeable. I I think influencer just got a really bad rap, rep. And I feel like after time, I kind of got tired of saying influencer. Like it just it doesn't feel like it holds much like professionalism or clout anymore. Yeah. And then... We, st- I've always, I think I'm old school when it comes to, I like, I believe your talent, like we're a talent management company. So not anyone can just go and have a platform like that. Like you guys, what you're building is not just handed to you. You're actually talent that you have talent that, you know, created what you've created. And so I kind of still refer to influencers a lot as talent, but we have moved to the word creator just it it comes with less of I don't even know that um, there is like a negative connotation for sure because you're right anyone can be an influencer we all have the same platform yeah there's not an app that Bethany has that I don't have it's just a matter of like you said some people actually use that platform create a brand and then capitalize on that yeah yeah I definitely too for a long time was like don't call me an influencer. Like, I don't like that. I don't like yeah. the word. I don't like the term. And now I feel like it's just been so I'm like, so used to it now that I don't care anymore. But yeah, there definitely yeah. was a while where I was like, preferred a certain term over that. Yeah, I and, I feel like yeah. it's, I feel like it's super important for you as a creator or a talent to be able to know what you do for a living and to be able to say it confidently. And I'll never forget when I was in Hawaii, years and years and years ago, I actually put my foot in my mouth. It was the most embarrassing moment. There was basically a very old, like she's been around forever. I didn't recognize her in person, but I was, I was naive. Our kids were playing. I was like, Oh, and who are you? And then she was trying to describe to me what she did. And I was digging because she was like, Oh, I have this like online, you know, it, there was no confidence around it. I was all, what, what are you selling? Like, what is going on over there? And then I put the pieces together and I was like, oh yeah. I, or, and I told her I had a talent. This is when I just started Parker. And I said, I own a talent management company um, and we represent influencers. And she was like, oh, that's exactly what I do. My handle is blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh my gosh, like she 
is what I view as one of the OGs and she like of creators and she didn't even know how to speak about herself. Yeah. And I think it's hard because this is her career. She's super successful. Like you should be able to stand proud and say like, yeah, I right. do X. Yeah. I'm st I still struggle with that now. Yeah. We've had plenty of conversations yeah. with, you know, cause you have 67 year old you know, family members that are like, what do you do? And it's like, well, you barely know how to navigate Facebook. So I can't <laughs> yeah. really yeah. break it down. But then you have yeah. you know, a 15 year old cousin who's on social media 23 hours a day. And so they kind of know. Yeah. So yeah, we've I also had plenty think, of those conversations. I think too, sometimes I'll even be like, oh, I'm a podcaster, like versus saying influencer. Yeah. Cause I feel like it has more like professionalism to it and people can like understand it more. Cause yeah, yeah. no, I need to be more confident for sure a, in like, telling people what I do. Well, you have an incredible business. So it's like, imagine yeah. a doctor, like not knowing how to say like, I'm a doctor, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just kind of, it's almost, but I also understand and sympathize so much with you because it is complicated. It's not normal in the sense of it's a new, still a newer career. However, it's a lucrative career for so many. And you, I would, you know, it's almost like you've got to nail down your pitch of what you are and what, yeah. and I love that you call yourself a podcaster, content creator. I've got an online, a pretty large online platform. You know, there's a yeah. lot of ways to say it, but yeah, if I'm talking so, to a 16 year old, I say influencer. Yeah, exactly. So what do you, why do you think it's important for an influencer to have management? Oh, it's such a loaded question. Um, and obviously I'm going to be biased here, but I really do try to put myself in every different shoe. Like, okay, who is someone that doesn't really need management? Who is someone that does? So a couple of things that come to mind is one, first and foremost is when, when you're at a point where you are no longer, you, I, I've always felt sympathy for creators because you have so many hats to wear. It's ridiculous. Like you have to in send your invoices. You have to create content. You also have to keep your community happy. You have to do, you have to negotiate with brands. Like you're meant, that's not normal. That's literally in other areas of life that would be multiple positions. Yeah. So I, I think it's really important to have the person that's creating and that has the platform to stay in that lane, to do what they do best and help even if you were kind of good at negotiating, it's still, you need to, everyone needs to kind of establish where they sit in, in that. And I think with management, I love the professionalism first and foremost. Like I love that. I, I actually think it makes you look really good when you have management. Cause it's like, okay, yeah, she's taken seriously. She's a creator. She, this company's handling this other stuff. I think brands actually, it kind of got complicated for a while, but especially where we sit this year, I think it's more and more brands prefer that because a lot of creators are slow. They don't have the systems we have in place to move along projects. So they actually appreciate working with management. Um, and I think more than anything, what we, what managers get to know, I think like the common question we always get is what do I charge or what is so-and-so like what, you know, what can someone make? And we know all of that background information, like that backend information is right. so important. And I always think of the example of like, we'll get a rate for one person internally, right? That is maybe $3,000 for a certain scope. That same brand is going to email another person guaranteed on our roster 
and because we work with so many and and they're gonna if they get a six thousand dollar rate for something for the same scope and you guys have similar platforms like we have internal structures and communication in place where that we're not going to let the brand do that brands are so unorganized often even at the agencies or internally and so that back-end information that a management company knows only sets you up for more value um and gets you what you should have and then the last thing i know gosh literally i could go on and on but the last thing is protecting your image i think what's so cool about managers is our goal is just to have your back and i know that sounds kind of silly in some ways but knowing that some there in our industry there's a lot of people that don't have your best interest in mind and i feel strongly that your image needs to be protected you need to know who's gonna do what with your image at all times and even just using your name you know um your contracts need to be solid and you should be making what you deserve to make and i think just in general having someone advocate for you and your business is i mean you just it's i don't know how people go without it or i also don't know how people do it in-house so then what qualifies a creator for management because i know there's people that don't because they don't is it that they don't make enough or is it the numbers or is it a combination it's so hard so i so i generally speaking i feel like there's a lot of different management companies out there and they all kind of have different parameters but i so in a general sense i think anybody that's starting to get a high volume of inquiries and they are seeing growth both like with their platforms whichever platform it is and monetarily like they're they're probably going to want to start looking at management companies and there are some that take on people at you know thirty thousand dollars that maybe book one partnership a month us we've kind of redefined what that looks like it's honestly one of probably the hardest parts of this because it's you know we want to stay small and mighty and but we also have a threshold for creators to work at parker so for us specifically it doesn't matter how many followers you have that's so antiquated at this point because it everybody is different it really is like how powerful your platform is and we see that at all sizes um so really engagement is really important to us because we want to be able to also bring a lot of opportunities to a creator and um we see a lot of people kind of undervalued and not charging what they could or not even getting the opportunities they could so um story views engagement um all like those are two link clicks you know if we're looking at instagram but reach if we're looking views if we're looking at TikTok, like every platform has its different metric um but for us we actually have like a financial threshold of you know you need to be doing this full time i mean there's some people that somehow are doing have another job and are still doing this but it needs to make financial sense because we only make commission from creators we don't charge extra fees for our services so we have a so lot of makes sense if someone's like only making 40k a year and you're only getting 15 percent of that for like how much work you're doing it maybe doesn't make sense it doesn't financially on. make sense yeah. because we're turning people away every day so it it just doesn't add up so we have to keep trust me yeah, i've been signing to, up you, won't, you guys won't you guys won't take me <laughs> 
I mean, Ali, it's like once a week Ali he's like submitting himself on the Parker <laughs> website. Oh my gosh, that would be, I honestly though like it it man that is the hardest part of of this is truly is really distinguishing because also you there are certain people we actually signed someone last year which was the smallest kind of metrics of like a person we signed but I was like they're going somewhere and like we need to get them and we're gonna fight hard to get them and I'm so happy we did oh no we wanted Bethany I feel like you were someone that was on our radar for so long and I just remember being like there are just certain people that you know are we know we'll do well with and I think that's what is also nice it's like because we keep those benchmark metrics of what we look for it we also can just spot creators where we're like okay they're for us like that is so parker my management company before they're not around anymore so i can say this probably but (laughs) like i was with them for three years and they were great and i made I was working full time and that's how Anthony was able to quit his job and be a stay at home dad. So I'm so grateful for all the opportunities they brought me. But, and I, I was like, I remember having dinner with Lola Webb and Carissa Abbott and a few other girls and they're all signed with Parker. And they were telling me like how amazing it is and how much they love it. And at the dinner, I was like, I would never leave my management. Like I'm so happy there, yeah. but like, I'm so glad you guys are happy. And about a week later, I got an email saying like, let's just set up a call from your team. Oh and my I, was gosh. Like, I was like, you know, like, it's just a call. Like, right, what can right. it hurt? And yeah, after that call, I went to Anthony and I was like, I have to leave. Like, I have to go with them. Like, and then Dang. within a few months, you guys doubled my income within a few months. And so it was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like there was that potential the whole time. Cause it's not like my numbers yeah. were higher. It's not like my engagement was higher than before. It was just that I feel like you guys were fighting so hard for me. And yeah, yeah it like changed my life to sign. Oh my God. So can we, can we take a second though? Can we define the role? Like what does management do? What do you do for Bethany? Because we're throwing well, out like yeah. these, my manager, right? Is yeah. You know what I'm saying as, as a company Parker, yeah. because we're yeah. throwing out these words and you know, if you're not an influencer, it really doesn't make sense or you can't connect the dots. So, so what, like what role do? does Parker yeah. play for Bethany or an influencer yeah. that has management similar can we kind of explain that just so that way? Yeah. Like I said, as normal folks, how do I get my file on your desk? Yeah. Totally. I I think that's so good because we get lost in our, you know, words and world. Um, So in a nutshell, we basically oversee all of Bethany's paid partnerships. So anything coming in her inbox, we, we vet, we look at, we negotiate, we then work through all of the partnership scopes. So we make sure that she, you know, she has certain things that we know about her that she will and won't do. So we make sure that the cre- creative brief aligns with that. We make sure that the rates are what she should be making for the job. Um, we really, we go through the contract for her to make sure that there's terms that brands sneak in there that aren't actually there and those are removed. Um, we invoice on that partnership. So she's not touching that invoice at the end of the partnership. I always have felt like that's really awkward for creators to send the brand, like the invoice and then follow up when they have it, when they're late on their terms, you know? And yeah. um, so we remove that piece. And I think in like the larger sense, um, it's a lot of strategy. Like I said earlier, it's just a lot of 
day to day, if Bethany was like, Hey, I'm stuck. My story views are so low this week, which we hear all the time from different creators. You know, there's ebbs and flows with their business. We strategize, we walk through best practices. Um, we're not actually on her Instagram posting for her, but it's like, we have all kinds of strategies and things that we work on to make sure that like, Hey, she's in a better place or if partnerships are slow with a creator, we bring in more strategy there on like what we're seeing, what we feel like they should do. So I'd say a huge part of management is obviously monetizing, growing different platforms, helping you branch out to grow, you know, your business and bigger, you know, more horizontally. Um, but it's a ton of strategy behind that. And, um, and yeah, I feel like that's, I'm like, it's, yeah, it really just moves the transactions off of her plate, and um, and then we're we are like a business best friend that's gonna help take your business to the next level. And if we're not taking your business to the next level, like kind of what you were saying, Bethany, then that's um, you know that's really what a manager should be doing. Yeah, and in addition to like the paid partnerships, it's like any brand we launch, and if we're doing co collabs, which is like I'm. I have a huge one coming up next year that Parker's yes. managing for me. Like the pajama lines I've done, they've managed for me. So that's yeah, so, so, so cool. So I wanted to ask you too, what's your biggest learning curve been with Parker? Because even now, so more so knowing that you didn't really start in marketing, you kind of started in nutrition and then went to the modeling world. And so what's been your biggest learning curve since Parker's been established? Honestly, I'd say it's definitely more of just the ins and outs of running a company. I I always thought I'd do something big. I just didn't know how big this was going to get. And I think for me, just the back end, like any business, there is just so much to learn. And what is unique, I think, in our position is that there has always been a lot of opportunity to make more or to do more. And I think the biggest one of the biggest curves has actually been saying no. For instance, when I said like we turn a lot of creators away, like I we could easily sign them and I could hire more managers. But it's like there's a cost to that and trying to almost let our vision and our mission be like our North Star and not get caught up in and you know, Bethany, like money is just dangling in your face all the time in this industry. It's it's hard. You know, you could get an offer with a brand that you actually don't want to work with, but it's a huge financial opportunity. And you're constantly having to like check yourself. Like, how do I, you know, do I take it? Do I not? Does this actually align with my, like where I want to go? And I think in business, that's, it's been harder than I thought. Like, I didn't know that that would be the problem. I thought it was always like a, you know, it would be scarcity. We've got to, you know, try to have more if that makes any sense and um so yeah i think just and i also learned i'm not very operational i am a huge visionary so i think for me just learning what i need to help me be more successful is really important um yeah does that make sense oh yeah so i have a question so you talk about sometimes talents making a decision the money might be great but maybe they don't their vision doesn't align with the brand behind the scenes, right? So you're, you're turning things down. How does that work? Let's say, cause you know, today, anything you say is criticized and you can't make everyone happy. This is what I tell Bethany when it comes to like, 
things going on in the world, you're never going to have everyone on your side. If you say one thing, the people on the other side are against you. So as far as a talent management, how does that work with talent? Do you guys have like a code of ethics or a a do not say list type thing? Or do you guys kind of just support your talent having their own voice, their own voice and and being able to speak on whatever it is they want, how they want. And has there ever been like any conversation about like having to drop talent because of their beliefs? Yeah. So I have always said to me, and again, this is kind of goes back to that North star of kind of who we are is that anybody is welcome at Parker. I don't care who you are, what your background is. Um, like what differences we share. That's like the beauty of all these people with different platforms. I think for us, there's a a line that we've always kind of said that we want people to speak up, speak out for what is important to them. Like I would never be like, Hey, don't, you know, if there's an election, like don't voice your opinion on who you're voting for or anything like that. But if somebody is using their platform in a way that actually, you know, using derogatory, hurtful language, or um, it's like an aggressive way. I can't get behind that. Whether I agree with you or I disagree with you, it's really how you're using it. And I think like that is definitely a line we have had to draw with um, someone in back in 2020. Um, There were just a lot of hurtful things going out there that were like, it just straight up not appropriate. And it was impacting us. It was impacting brands. It, it may, you know, for our own PR, it was terrible, but um, that was a really rocky time for creators, you know, like that was really hard. And that was the only one that stood out and we had people on every, you know, every side of the fence. So I feel like that making sure people have a voice and use it is really important when it comes to brand opportunities too. If you were to say to me, you know, I just need to take this opportunity. This is, doesn't align. Let's just say you had this crazy offer and you needed to take it. It didn't align with you or your business at all. And I was actually nervous for you to take this as like, Hey, I don't know that this is going to look really good for your brand. I'd have that conversation with you and just say, I'm not sure that this is going to bode well for you, you and your your business. Because I'm looking at like five years from now. I'm not looking at just that moment. Even if it was a three hundred thousand dollar, we've literally had stuff like this happen. Like even if it's a three hundred thousand dollar deal, right? That you're you were thinking about. I tell you, Bethany, I'm going to support you either way you go here. I'm going to let you know how I feel, and I hope that this gives you more clarity on what you should do. But at the end of the day, like if you need to take this, like you go for it. And that's kind of where we would sit. It's like that that is a good manager is supporting you with your decisions, not telling you what to do and what not to right, do, right. but also talking to you about what, you know, the having the conversation we need to have. Yeah. That's interesting because I think especially our podcast audience knows how outspoken I can be in like kind of pushing the line a lot, especially with my Instagram content. And never once has Parker ever like needed to set up a meeting about my content. So I think that shows how like yeah. far out there it has to be for you guys to like get yeah. involved. But you're not aggressive. Like that's the thing. You speak what's on your mind, but I would never, I never I have heard I you. I definitely used to be. I think I used to be way worse too. Like especially before 2020, I think 2020 kind of like changed my view on like 
speaking out and like I yeah. I want to do it but just in a more respectful and peaceful way because I used yeah. to be like a chihuahua out there just right. like yapping anything yeah. that came to my brain and it, Bethany and I used to have conversations and I'm like listen I know you have a platform but sometimes you don't have to you don't have to respond or speak because at the end of the day you know Bethany's not like as far as like trolls and people saying hurtful things Bethany doesn't take it you know as, yeah. as you would think an influencer would like I'm having to talk her off the ledge and you know yeah. weekly type deal so like with her it was kind of just like all right pick and choose your battles if it's something that you're really strong and and you want to speak about it go ahead but yeah. if it's something that you know you're you just are putting something out to put it out because that's what yeah. the industry is doing and the, your your fellow influencers and creators um so I, I think that's pretty cool that because i for the longest time i thought management was like that's her boss and yeah. you know you that that in i'm married to her and i just kind of <laughs> i didn't really understand how I think it a worked. lot of people think it or they think that like i'm your boss and like at the end of the day it's yeah. a partnership it's a partnership yep. yeah it is a partnership and there are management companies where again different setups um and we have I've heard it all. Like I've literally been shocked and I've had to bite my tongue when I hear someone coming to us and telling me their experience. And I'm just like, I can't wrap my head around that. Um, it is what, like you said, a full on partnership for sure. I'm curious, Bethany, do you feel better about how you've moved with like holding back or do you feel frustrated that you have to filter a bit I more? I think, I, well, it's been way better for me. Number one, just because I used to have to deal with like hundreds of people a day like attacking yeah. me over my beliefs it's and like I don't have to deal with that anymore. But the other thing is that I feel like now my voice has more value when I actually do speak out on something because so before true. it's like anything under the sun, I was like, I'm voting for this person and I believe in this and hashtag this and hashtag that. And people are just like, oh, okay, that's like an overload of information. And yeah. now it's like when I speak out on something, it's like, okay, she like really means and I meant it all before, yeah. but also, when you're doing it in kind of a more aggressive manner, people don't receive that as well. Yeah, and so yeah. I've grown a lot, especially in the last few years, but I think leading every conversation with love helps so much more and you're touching more people that way and you really can't yeah. go wrong if you're leading a conversation with love. But yeah, it's definitely been way better for my mental health to speak Incredible. less about things and my personality really hasn't changed in the sense that like I still am so passionate about so many things and I think that's something that maybe newer followers miss and they don't know that about me is that I behind the scenes oh I'm yeah those conversations are I'm still with, having yeah we're yeah. still having conversations daily about global events and things happening and I'm having yeah. conversations with my friends and my family members but a lot of times those don't need to be public conversations they yep. are work behind closed doors they're donate donating behind closed doors and I used to like anytime I donated to something I'm like here's the link you guys donate mm -hmm. too and like I'm sure no one was donating because they're just like okay you're doing that every right. day and now it's yeah. like if I share something people are going to be more inclined to help out because it's not being shoved in their face every day does that make sense yeah it does yeah. and I I mean I I can vouch for that we kind of took the approach of you know what we can't control what the world does or people do but we can yeah. try to leave a mark in our kids in our yeah, immediate our kids circle and maybe yeah. hey when they when they get grow up and they have a platform or whatever it may be they can inspire change and yeah baby steps is what we like to call it we're not bethany going on uh instagram and ranting or whatever it may be 
is that really making a difference or is it just yeah. giving trolls and people that oppose her more fuel to just continue to attack her? Yeah. yeah. So now I want to, I want to ask you about um, influencing in general. Yeah. Do you think it is an oversaturated market? Like it's kind of like, Hey, we're at capacity. Everyone finds something else to do. Or do you think, Hey, this is something that is here. It's thriving. There's, there's enough food here for all of us to eat. I'll use that term. Yeah. I I still totally stand by there's plenty of room. So if I were a creator coming out, if I changed my mind tomorrow and wanted to, you know, launch something and have a platform and start making this my like a career, one thing that won't do anything anymore, I mean, I've yet to see it in a long time, is someone just coming on sharing photos of their family and expecting people to be like, I love this. Oh, your family's so cute. These photos are so great. I'm going to start following you. And then, you know, before you know it, you have hundreds of thousands of followers. Like those days are gone in my opinion. Um, If you were to come out, let's say, and you wanted to do like niche family, funny video content. And that was like what you, that was your, the theme of your platform there's so much room for that. So like, I, I, and I, we just people, myself and others in the industry, I talk to a lot of others. We're always just talking about the industry and, um, you know, different strategies on how to do things and all of that. And I, I really, I, I personally see the people having the most growth are those with very niche content and that can grow. We, I just met someone recently that, is using Amazon, you know, it's just super niche Amazon content, right? And you see those accounts where you're like, oh my gosh, you've got millions of followers and they grew within 20 days. We have a creator who I love that recently just had a baby. And I don't know if you know who I'm talking about, um, but she has been sharing so much on how hard it is. Her baby has colic and um, she grew a million, I mean, over a million within like a couple months. I've never seen anything like that. But it, the content is so specific and it's video content, which we see doing the best as much as like, I still love photos, but Instagram doesn't like, growth. Uh, TikTok doesn't. I know it's hard. I always just say balance it out. But the video content, you know, whether if it's if you're trying to grow on Instagram, obviously TikTok and YouTube shorts and all of that, like it really is the key to growth. So coming out niche, I'm like, there's so much more room for that. And I see it constantly. Those are the only people we see having quick growth is when they are very specific on the content they share and video. So for so for the parent, I hope there's not a lot of youth that listen to this podcast, but for the parents that listen to this podcast, you know, let's say they've got 10, 11 year olds, they go to them and they're like, Hey, I want to be an influencer. What do you, what would you say to those parents? Would you say, hey, encourage it? Or are you saying, hey, you know, maybe uh, maybe find something else? Oh, my gosh. It's... You see influencing I... from a different I'll... perspective. Let me, let me just say this first. Yeah. Brooklyn, our oldest, she's 10. She's been, Lately, she's been like, oh, when I grow up, I want to be a YouTuber. And I'm just like, oh, like, no. Yeah. I don't know. And then I'm like, wait, yeah. why is that my reaction when, like, that's how yeah. I provide for Okay, family? maybe let's, no personal bias in this, just as a matter of, can you be successful? Can you make a career? Can you support a family? Yeah. Just like if your kid's like, hey, I want to be a fireman one day, right? You know, yeah. hey, there's job security. There's all of these benefits that come with that. I feel like influencing I, has 
grown big enough to where that kids want to be it is a oh no like that is it is it's like what and i have the conversation with my son all the time so there is a little bias here but i so for me i think what changes my opinion um about this and if my son were i mean and he has he's mentioned youtube i mean he's wants to be a every professional sports player out there at the moment but like he's talked about youtube he's super into like some youtubers I limit his time and I told him he's not having social media till he's 18. And I I don't know if that will change, but I'm just like, I, I see the detriments of, I mean, think about Bethany, you saying these hurtful comments that you get. That is the hardest part for me. I don't care how strong you are, but the, the, what you subject yourself to, like, I, it doesn't matter again, how strong you are. Nobody can handle that. And that is a side of the industry that makes me really sad for those with a platform. It would eat me alive. I don't, I just, that is so hard. So my head goes there when I start thinking of, you know, what if it took off, right? On the flip side, I've seen life changing situations for so many people we work with. And I, it makes me believe that there is good in social media. And like, I see people doing things, their families coming together. I see more, what I love is more husband and wives, like getting to spend more time together with their family because of this. Like they actually get to create, they don't have mom and dad going to different jobs and they have to go, you know, like mom and dad are actually around now. Granted, they're probably on their phones a lot, but you know, it's like, I, I've seen the opportunity it provides also and how lucrative that can be and also the people using it for good. And I also like, I don't discount that at at the same time. So I feel really split. And I think if a teenager is like, I want to do this, you just have to make it your goal to make it as healthy as possible for them. And honestly, I'm just like, if Parker told me he wanted to be a YouTuber and it was, he was about to turn 18 and I was like, okay, I'd probably shoot his content for him. Like I'd probably yeah. involve myself. Be, well, granted, because obviously I know more, but like, I also would want to show him like, I'm going to help support this as I would if he wanted to literally be a, a dental assistant. Like, I don't, you know what I mean? I'd probably I'd do whatever I can. So, um, yeah, I see the ups and I see both sides, no question. It's a it's it is a really crazy. Like how life changing it can be because like for us, we were on food stamps and government assistance and insurance and all that and lived in a six hundred square foot apartment. And like that's what our we were we both didn't graduate from college. So it's like yeah. that was the peak for us. And then now it's like what our Look kids it. have in life is so different than yep he grew up with and like what they would have grown up with if we hadn't started this career so it's it really yeah. is so crazy and it then on the flip side i'm life. like yeah and on the flip side i'm like uh like yeah our kids aren't don't have social media they're not allowed to like even they don't even have youtube they have youtube yeah. kids yeah you know, same. that's what my son has so i'm like you want to be a youtuber you don't even have youtube <laughs> yeah so i'm like yeah i'm definitely like not encouraging that for them but yeah okay one last question or do you have anything i i I so here at the Garcia Diaries, we like to think of ourselves as for the people, right? Yeah, we, we share our experiences. So hey, maybe maybe a mistake that we made, you guys can learn off of it and and save yourself some trouble. So walk us through or give us some tips for 
starting uh, to capitalize off of social media or or let, let me give you a scenario. Let's say somebody's got a pretty good following, right? You know, the numbers, the numbers are pretty good. You know, maybe there's someone in their life and, you know, they've got a big following. So people follow that person. How, how do you, what's the, lay, lay a, a blueprint. Obviously it's not a one size fits all, but things to do. Like for someone that's listening to this and thinking, hey, maybe I want to try and give it a shot. Try it, yeah. Lay the, like. Yeah, the first step is you have to post. Well, yeah, I, I want to hear from her. <laughs> Yeah, you're going to have to show up. I think, I mean, the basics, and we actually are like launching a whole section of Parker for a blue, it, literally one of our courses, it has blueprint in the name, which makes me laugh. So I I will just say that the if I were to do it, like literally from what I know, if I were going to start tomorrow and had that as the goal, I would make a full-on business plan and and show up every single day. And when I say that, I mean it. Like I'm not saying every single day for a week and then sign off for a week and then do it again. I'm talking like the commitment, you, you have to go all in. So I would be posting every single solitary day. I would, I would post more video content than any other content. And you're not going to see the results. Video, video. A real a TikTok. A, a, a TikTok, any, anything video. And um, I would be very specific with, with hashtags so that they're targeted, not like a ton that don't matter. Like if it's a feel good video, you hashtag feel good. Okay. Um, whether you're on TikTok or Instagram. I would emphasize finding a niche. So going like, I'm going to post, if you were going to do this tomorrow, like, hey, I want to do just tips I wish I had when I was younger and like that I know of now as a dad. And literally that would be every single video. And then once you establish that following, you can start sprinkling in more just lifestyle, you know, here we are at dinner, blah, blah, blah. But it takes time. I would be so consistent for at least a couple months because you're you're gonna a lot of it's not gonna land at first. You're gonna go, why am I doing this? No, it's not going anywhere. And then you start to see where it goes, and then you start figuring out what people really want to hear. And but that to me is like the key to starting out in this day and age at like this current moment. Okay, I, love I like that. that. So I, I have one last question before I kick it yeah. over to you. Um, Bethany and I get asked this question all the time. So what are you guys going to do when Instagram, you know, is done and there's this new platform or when social media kind of just dies down? A, yeah. do you think that point will ever come? Um, and then B, also, what? because, you know, you're not an influencer, but Parker yeah. – works directly with influencers yeah. you guys take your you guys keep the lights on by influencing correct right yeah right without so, them we were, were no one how do you answer that question of okay when this yeah dies how, down tell me how i should answer that question because okay. people always ask that and i'm like uh now obviously there's go things back to Cox? you know. have to do outside of influencing yeah. invest whatever things to set yourself up for success but bethany's main source of income is, is coming this? off of influencing right yeah. so yeah. How do you answer that? And do you ever I, see it not ever be coming up? And, you know, yeah. Bethany's got to go do something else. Yeah. So I think about it. I'm, I I think about it all the time. And I have actually a lot of conversations with different creators about this. We have people making millions that 
have this fear, this lingering fear that always sits with them of like, when this all comes crashing down, I also self-admittedly have had the same exact fear. And I strongly had it actually like a few years ago um, of just like, when, when is, when are, when their time up basically. And I started to realize last year, most, I felt more confident last year going like, okay, you know, with the economy and all of the lingering things that I, they were saying were going to happen to our industry. I was like, okay, I've got to be ready. And I started to think of all of the things I feel like I approach this exact same as like an influencer, which is why I'm kind of saying what my personal take was. But for me, I always tell a creator the same way I say to myself is what are you going to do with all of this that is going to help set you up for your future? The same way anybody making good money, like what are you going to do to better your future? Are you going to put money in your 401k? I'm talking like basics. Like how are you going to help yourself now capitalize on what's here? And I think when you're doing the right things and making sure that you're being smart with where you are and the lux- like the position you're in at the moment, then you don't have as much fear because you know you have things to fall back on. I know my skill set could offer a lot to another job. Like I could easily I feel confident like Bethany, you like we could all go find another job. You could work for a brand and be There's going to be brands to the end of time. Yeah, more. like we we can pivot, but what I don't want is to go, oh my gosh, and what I would never want a creator to do is go like, let's just say there isn't an I should also let you know, I do not think it's always going to evolve. Everyone keeps saying like, oh, they keep saying it's bad and it just evolves. Like, well, there, I don't think this is going anywhere, but let's just say it did. I think the biggest thing that we can do is just go like when I had the audience I had and the attention from brands and the opportunities, I was so smart. And whether that is launching a different business or it's just saving money. Like I, I, for me, I want to buy properties. Like I want to slowly start moving more into like having rental properties. And it's just like a, it's has nothing to do with, you know, what I'm doing in the influencer space, but it is just making me more well-rounded to live off, you know, to, to capitalize on the success we're having now. So it's, it's so personal. And I honestly talk to creators all the time about this because it is, um, there is a, a fear I feel you all have. And I have it too. Cause again, I like our business depends on the creators we manage and while it's healthy, it's also not healthy. Exactly. Because, you know, before Bethany really took off and when I was still working, I was blue collar, worked for my local telecommunications company. I never thought of like, oh man, what if we, they had to do layoffs or yeah. something happened and I could no longer work? We yeah. never had that thought, but it's almost like, I don't know if it's because this is such a new profession or I don't, I don't know what mm-hmm. it is, but why creators and influencers have that I thought. I feel like I don't even have the fear until people are like, Right. incessantly asking me and I'm like, what yeah. am I going to do? Like, I don't know. Yeah. But like, yeah. you don't go to like Wells Fargo and like, you know, you're at a, you're doing a withdrawal or whatever. And like, Hey, what are you going to do if the bank shuts? You know, you yeah. never, I yeah. feel like those conversations aren't had with everyday normal jobs or that we're used like to. Shook when they find out that we have health insurance and a 401k right. and like yeah. life insurance, like people are always like, yeah, what you're, but you're just an Instagrammer. And I'm like, 
yeah, but like exactly. it's a lucrative. It's a lucrative. Yeah, yeah, it's a lucrative opportunity, and you have to be smart with it. I think if we lived by this feast and famine, and like, oh my gosh, like when's it crashing down? Like, how are you ever supposed to make good moves in the industry? You're always gonna. That's just not a healthy way. That's like yeah. not getting in your car because you're always, you know what I mean? That anxiety is really detrimental. So I think you can be smart and capitalize on what you're doing right now. But also your skill set is, if you actually look at your skill set now, since you've been doing this, you can probably get any job you want. Like this is the ultimate skill set. You know how to do way more than you know, this is like the ultimate job experience anyway. So yeah. Especially for for you, Bethany, because like when you started, we didn't have the resources to hire someone to, to set up a website for you or you, you watch YouTube and you learn how to code and, you know, because we didn't have the resources to pay someone to do it. So now she's got all this knowledge and things that she learned. I'm like, yeah, you'll be fine. You'll yeah. you'll you'll land on your feet somewhere if yeah. if it all hits the yeah. fan and goes away. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, okay. I have one last question. It's a little shadier okay. of a question Ooh. because you know, like with TikTok and Instagram and even like just the news and everything, there's like all these products that go viral, and a lot of it is put out there by creators that are going viral, and then these you know brands skyrocket, and these products are sold out everywhere. Yeah. And I'm definitely like a victim to that as well as a perpetrator of it. But what is one product you don't get the hype about? Or is there one? I will say, I mean, I have my athletic greens right now, (laughs) right next (laughs) to me. So my AG1, yeah, that's right. (laughs) Um, I I will say that I'm actually more – more often like pleasantly surprised with a lot of the products than not. I would say for me, it's more, I get like really, really caught up on like TikTok and different skincare videos. And then there's a lot that I've spent money on that don't, in my opinion, live up to the hype. I just got um, Hailey Bieber's, what is it? Road, roads or whatever. I was like, I, the lip glosses feel like they have like sand in them. There's like a a lot of beauty products I try and supplements. That I feel kind of meh about, but I am actually usually pretty shocked. And I always ask the creators, you know, you can, you know, you can tell when someone actually uses something and doesn't. And, um, yeah, I, I always ask them, I'm like, tell me the honest truth about it. And usually I don't really, we don't have a lot of creators that would actually share stuff they don't truly love. So, I, yeah. I don't know. I try absolutely everything and anything, to be honest. I would, you probably wouldn't catch me buying like the bloat supplements or like stuff like that with the random ones that get kind yeah. of thrown out there. Um, but the videos but, are, oh. they make you, they definitely like reel you in. I'm like, wait, if, if I take this pill for four weeks, I'll have a six pack? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I buying it every time he sees it. But no, that's the thing. It's like I I buy the amount of purchasing I do from our own influencers is insane. Like I am I add to their link clicks and purchases all the time because I I mean the power of social media is insane and I'm even behind the scenes and I still I actually feel like I buy more from creators than I ever have because I know how many people truly say no to so yeah. many products. So, um, and then we get often gifted a ton and 
so it is, yeah, it, it's super fun, but the skincare stuff is hard. I'm, it's so, you know, it's just so unique to each person and what, you know, what they actually like. I just got the Augustina's bait, whatever, bader, batter lotion and people hype that up. And I honestly was like, there's no way I, I'll try it, but I guarantee it's not good. And it is, it's freaking phenomenal. So, well, it's so um, I, and I love what you said about like skincare being so personal too, because I'll get messages cause of a product I love and I'm like, over the moon about it and someone's like oh that didn't work for me and I'm like what like it's the best like how did it not work yeah. for you but I'm right now wearing two road products on my skin are you gloss yeah like I'm obsessed okay. with it so it's just See, so funny it's how so, like, it's tap water no, it, yeah, nice you have fair. some beautiful skin yeah that's not yeah that, it's just not a that's never a bar soap when I'm in the shower on the <laughs> sheet. Yeah. I think that's the trick I think we need to just use less products and Probably. but I love yeah. it I'm all about like a 10 step that. yeah yeah Mine's like 15 step he's like what are you still doing in there but yeah anyways it's you. so relaxing yeah I agree I'm like every it looks night, I cool do it. I mean it <laughs> but thank you so much for coming on this was such an even for me I'm like I feel like I learned stuff today I'm like I'm about to go oh, home and do my I'm like tomorrow what video am I gonna do the next day what video am I gonna do I yeah. need if you need and a guinea pig for the blueprint, you know. Heck yeah, I'm research I, purposes. Let's go. That's, you know, let's Anthony's get whole goal in this podcast was to get signed by Parker <laughs> just, today. I'm ready. But I don't want to post well, like you know. Just he's like, I don't want to do any of the work. Just like you know, just, I just want the following to land. Um, I will say there are a lot of men that are. It's always been a very female dominated industry, and I am seeing a lot of growth with with more male creators so this could be your uh this big break babe. this could be your big break we're ready 2024 is you, your year let's do it maybe it is let's go anyway, i well, yeah, thank you guys want... so much so happy to be here and just behind the scenes you're amazing to work with we're yeah. we're so lucky thank you guys so much for tuning in leave us a five-star review if you want to tell your friends about the pod because we're like 40k streams away from 2 million which is so exciting and we will see you next week. Peace. This Valentine's Day, Dunkin's got the perfect pairings to show your love. So get down on one knee with a dozen brownie batter donuts and a cocoa mocha signature latte. Or make them swoon with a strawberry dragon fruit Dunkin' refresher with a Cupid's Choice Donut. Are you ready for love? America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer.